Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of our podcast, Is Breakfast Included? How are you? Let's get to it. Romero Noriega is on the show today. Romero is a Dallas-based guitar player. He plays the Malcolm figure in the Dallas ACDC tribute band, Back in Black. Now, I shouldn't say Dallas because they're kind of like the premier ACDC tribute band so much that their singer auditioned for ACDC back in 2016, I believe. He's also uh, has a tribute band, a tribute to Van Halen called Mean Street. Now, I reached out to Romero uh, and I said, hey, man, I want to interview you. And he's like, oh, cool. And then he showed up and we were going to talk about uh, the Back in Black documentary that just came out, My Stupid Tribute Band on Prime Video. Uh, And then the conversation went elsewhere. Um, He started telling me about himself, about his uh, his issues with anxiety and and so forth, and then I opened up, and then we we kind of bonded over that, and it, it became a very cool conversation from that point on, and we did talk about the bands, we did talk about music, we did talk about how he got started playing guitar, and he did tell me what he likes at breakfast. Uh, so I am really happy with this. We did this outdoors in a park, so it's kind of a cool vibe. You hear kids playing in the background. You hear, at one point, an airplane flies over, um, but it's really cool. Uh, let's check it out. Uh, dude, you know, um, you and I met a long time ago. You don't, I don't know if you remember this. I, I don't, man. You I, were in Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. And I used to run around with this band that played Fast Eddie's. Do you remember that place? Of course, yeah. We used you to, worked the door. I, I worked the door. I remember I almost got in a fight one time with a guy because he was like, I was being a smart ass. And I, 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 um, of course, the guy's, you know, twice my size. I didn't give a shit back then. and, and uh, But, yeah, F- Fast Eddie's, I remember that. We used to play there, too. Yeah, yeah. So we, it was a band from here, and it was, like, you know, back in the 80s, and it was an out-of-town show. And, and I just kind of ran around with them as their tech or whatever, you know, local band. And uh, I remember just kind of hanging out and seeing you at the door. You had long hair, Hispanic, and I thought, I bet he's in a band. That's how I thought back uh-huh. then. And I went and started talking to you. Sure enough, you were an obscene jester. Yeah, yeah. And you told me, and I was like, holy shit, I've seen you guys. But that's when I met you, and you don't even remember that, dude. We're, that's, we're talking 30 years ago, right? So, so I, have this, I have this really weird thing that I kind of remember shit like that. Times that kind of, I don't want to say like meant something to me, but kind of like stuck, stuck in my brain. And then, um, and then years later, I, I went to work. Uh, with a friend of mine, and he was the guy that replaced you in Obscene Jester, Matt. Matt! Oh my God. <laughs> and Matt, I remember he was telling me, and he said, Yeah, I played in Obscene Jester. And I was like, No, you didn't. He goes, Oh, you're talking about the other Mexican guy. <laughs> it's funny because they, he looked just like me. He's better looking than me, but whatever. But he, you know, he's a Mexican guy with the same long hair. Yeah, that's what he told me. He goes, I think they wanted to replace him with a guy that looked like him, <laughs> yes. try and fool everybody. But anyway, that's when I met you. And then, like I said, my, Matt and I are really good friends. We we worked together for years at this hospital. Really? Yeah. Dude, I, I totally forgot yeah. that, that I quit and was replaced. You know, they replaced me after yeah. I quit. I completely forgot about Matt. That's crazy. Yeah. What is but, but then. I uh, fast forward. I did this thing at at. Uh, first of all, man, introduce yourself. Let's 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 go ahead and start it off. Uh, my name is Romero Noriega. I've uh, just been in and out of bands uh, in Wichita Falls, and then mainly in Dallas. I'm currently the guitar player for uh, the Malcolm Young in ACDC tribute band Back in Black. 
And I just started my own uh, Van Halen tribute called Mean Street, where I do Eddie Van Halen. Right on, man. Um, fast forward to, uh, the, the, I'll finish the story now that I let you do your thing. Uh, it was at the Southside Ballroom, one of those throwback, or those, it was like tribute bands, a bunch of them. And, and, yeah, Jack's throwback. Probably. And you guys were playing with Def Legend. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who was headlining, but your guitar player, your Angus guy, forgot his wireless. Mm-hmm. It was so he was having to run around with a cable. I do remember that. But I saw you, and I go, man, that guy looks like, you know. And I, I, I looked up, uh, back in black, and sure enough, it was you, man. I reached out and I said, hey, what's up? I think I told you the story from Fast <laughs> Eddie's then on, online. You know that that uh, Southside Ballroom show that was my, I think, uh, like maybe my. Uh, eighth or ninth show with them or something like that yeah. uh, like seven years ago yeah. yeah so you you're from wichita falls when did you start playing guitar man started playing guitar around uh, 81 82 i remember uh my uh I have two older brothers uh they're the ones that got me into rock thank god i lived in a little town uh, called charlie texas you know we're talking a population of maybe a hundred yeah and you don't you don't pass through charlie you, you have to be going to charlie because it dead ends at the red river <laughs> between texas and oklahoma yeah 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 so you know just a little hick town only mexicans i was the only mexican in the school me and my brothers and my sister and uh, anyway so around 81 82 i was you know however old 11 whatever um and my uh brother bought himself a you remember the catalog finger hut yeah yeah yeah. so he bought you know (laughs) just a shitty little uh guitar and amp probably for a hundred dollars combined and uh he never played it i remember i bought the dawn patrol album by night ranger and I was just dicking around with the guitar, and I was immediately I was playing the uh, vocal melody on the guitar. Yeah, and that's how I started. And my brothers were like, "Holy shit!" So they went and bought me a little better guitar. You know, they bought me a Kramer, like one of the lower end Kramers. Yeah, and um, and the rest is history for me. Right on, man. Like like you said earlier, you played in a, a band called Obscene Jester, which was you guys had. Pretty good That's following here. Success, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, I saw you guys open for Pantera at the basement. Yeah, one of the, probably you may have seen the the weekend where we uh, we played a few times with them, uh-huh. but uh, uh, there was one special weekend where they were filming there at, in the same weekend. They were playing Friday and Saturday night. We opened for them both nights, and uh, they were filming their Cowboys from Hell and Psycho Holiday yeah, videos. Psycho Holiday. And uh, so we got to be there the you know, the whole time, sound checks through the whole thing. And just a real quick, I, I, you know, I've listened to your, been listening to your podcast. <laughs> By the way, if you're listening to this, listen to all the podcasts. He's, <laughs> Bernie's so great at this. Thank you. Uh, and there's some just riveting. The guy, I forget his name. He was uh, uh, Cliff Burton's bass tech. Aiden. Aiden was, Mullen. Oh, was that Aiden too? Yeah. And he was under the bus with, I mean, it's a sad story, but it was yeah. riveting the way he was telling it, how close he and Cliff got. And, yeah. you know, uh, he was under the bus too next to Cliff. And anyway, so just go back and listen to Bernie's podcast. You'll hear crazy, interesting stories like that. <laughs> so uh, it was the weekend uh, they were filming those videos. And uh, the first time I heard the riff, the iconic riff to Cowboys from Hell, my friend D and I, he was the other guitar player, D Connect, he knew Dimebag a lot better than I did. Yeah. I don't. Are you? You're not from Wichita Falls. You're from Denver. No, from Denver. Okay. Well, I've, actually, I'm from Corsicana. Oh, Corsicana. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So there's a little place in Wichita Falls. It's a bingo hall now, I think. Uh, but back in the day, it was called. Uh, it was Haley's Comet, then Journey's End. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So this is back when I was a little kid. Pantera used to do matinee shows there. I don't know, once every two, three months. And uh, and D 
who was our the guitar player and Jester, he'd go back in the back room and get lessons from from Daryl. I believe uh, Daryl's dad uh, had worked with D's dad, my guitar player's dad, uh, at Pan- uh, Pantago, possibly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so he knew D, and you know he kind of treated him like a little brother. Anyways, fast forward to that weekend, D and I are sitting there uh, uh, watching Soundcheck. And, you know, Daryl comes over, hey, man, what's going on? He jumps down off the stage. We're sitting, uh, this is at the basement. We're sitting in a, at a table. Here comes Daryl. It's like, hey, man, here's a new riff to that, you know, to our Cowboys from Hell, we're, we're, uh, the, the video we're filming tonight. So the very first time I hear that, was Dimebag standing in front of me playing it on his fucking guitar. So that's the first time I heard that riff. So, um, you know, it's a... That's a story story I don't tell a lot because it's like it's just like hey look at me and like people probably don't even believe that but it, well no you tell those stories you tell people it's kind of like the when Nirvana played at Trees you know everybody was there it didn't matter though, who you talked to even though it was sold out yeah yeah you know? everybody was there yeah, right which you know but uh, I was at those shows mm-hmm. you know I was at those shows and, and I always my my thing is I have the Pantera home video and I used to try and pause it where you see my head <laughs> right. in the video. <laughs> And just a little dirt bag, long hair in the video, but I did some stage diving. I can't believe that I, I was never caught, uh, you know, on the videos uh, stage diving. But uh, yeah. anyways, yeah, that was you know that was one of the very very just in my musical life that was one of the very very coolest moments. Just you know an iconic riff like that to hear it for the first time from the actual artist. You yeah. know, it was, uh, it's was crazy, right? I mean that 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 I I've I've always told this story um, that. When I went to work for this this certain band, um, I was working for the bass player, and he when my first day, he called me up to show me where the changes were because I do a lot of changes from the side of the stage for artists. Yeah, and I watched he, you not to interrupt you. But I saw your rig run down, <laughs> and that's so cool, man. I watched that on YouTube. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. And he started playing this riff, and he's like, "This is where the the chorus is here." Then you hit the distortion pedal, and I'm just fanboying. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You're all right." I'm like. Dude, it, not only am I watching the guy who wrote the riff play it, but I've been playing it wrong for fucking 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's that that type of thing. Like you said, the first time you heard that Cowboys from Hell riff, it was him playing it for you. Absolutely incredible. I think, uh, about, I think about it all the time. Never talk about it, but, uh, you know, it's a podcast, so it's time to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, man. And guys like us who, who came up in this scene or who were uh, part of this scene or just fans or whatever – I mean, that was a big deal, you know? Yeah, huge. It was a big deal. You just knew it was special. They were kind of doing something different. Well, I knew it was special when they were with, you know, uh, Terry Lee, at, yeah. uh, you know, do, doing their uh, their project stuff in yeah. Wichita Falls at a little matinee show with, you know, 50 little, you know, dumb little kids there watching them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I knew it was special then because, you know, Dimebag, even when he was, you know, 16 years old, he was still, he you know, he played, you know, kind of like he did, you know, toward the end, you know, just... He seems like he like he was born playing. Like yeah, that, it was you know? like yeah. People, you you hear you hear folks say like you know the guitar is part of them. Like he's one of those people where yeah. it was part of them. Uh, when you started playing, um, once you started playing, did you want to do anything else? Oh, of course not. So there was never anything <laughs> no. else that you want. Like I want to be a fireman or anything. Just no, to- as, as soon as I you know was playing you know was playing that melody, the the vocal melodies on that uh, Dawn Patrol album, I, I knew like well this is really cool, and. Uh, you know, uh, I spent all my time listening to my brother's uh, eight tracks. You know, there's a there's a picture of me from you know 1978 where I have my 
those big giant brown head, headphones yeah. on. I'm listening to Van Halen one and I'm just like, you know, just lost in it, you know, a little kid. And I already knew, you know, Van Halen, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to do yeah. right there. A track, man, you're aging yourself. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, a lot of people won't know what an A track is. Yeah. A track, uh, you know, I had, uh, that, that's where I, that's where I started growing up. I was listening to Destroyer and ZZ Top's Fandango Live and Van Halen One and you know and the list goes on and on. Who was the band? Who was your band? Your guy? Uh, it's, I mean, it's always been Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. Right it's on. not. It's hands down. It's not even close to me. Like you know, if you ask me what the best uh, guitar album in, is of all time, it's going to be Fair Warning, and you can have your opinion. It'll be wrong. You can't. You know, I'll fight you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's Fair Warning, hands down. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Van Halen One a close second and uh and so on but it's always been eddie right on man yeah i got to see their last show at hollywood bowl did you really of course you well did. <laughs> when it was it was by accident of, 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 of one of we were there we had a day off and one of our our lighting guy had tickets he knew the production manager we didn't know it was going to be the last show we didn't know you know we knew they weren't getting along yeah but we didn't know it was going to be the last show so yeah i got to see them on the uh the 2012 tour the uh um you know, David Lee Roth, you know, these days, even on that tour, he sounded okay, but he, you know, it's, he almost ruins it for me, but then I just focus in on, on Eddie and yeah. Eddie, Eddie was just, you know, just playing just so well. Um, yeah. It's just unbelievable, man. I used to get shit because I, I was a kid, I was a child of Van Hagar, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> hey man, nothing wrong with Van, you know, the, 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 the Van Hagar, Hagar stuff, stuff. The 5150, I mean, it's hard to beat that album. It is, I mean, right? I love it's, it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the stuff with Dave, you know, Van Halen, they're not one of my favorite bands, but they are up, you know, in my top 10, you know, Sabbath. I'm, I'm more Sabbath. You yeah. Know. You know, I heard, I forget which podcast it was. I've been, uh, I've been deep diving into your uh-huh. podcast, but I remember you said you'd, you'd fight somebody if uh, they were talking about the, the, the deal. Era. You know, and I but just, I, I just, love, wa- I love having an hell so much. Well, I just watched the Dio documentary. Have you seen it? It's so good. No, I haven't seen it yet. And uh, it, talks, it. it talks about his time with Sabbath and, and why he left. But, you know, he joined Sabbath. And the, my, my argument is still, like, he joined an established band. But, but Mob Rules and Heaven and Hell, you know, you can't argue with those two albums. Can't. But I still fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. I mean, you do agree that Heaven and Hell is an incredible uh, album. I'm listening to Heaven and Hell right okay. now, right. man. <laughs> That's what I was listening to when you pulled up. Okay. Anyway, um, so Eddie, uh, were you, you were a Kiss fan? Yeah, Destroyer was, you know, my, my – uh, I wasn't a huge, huge Kiss fan, but, you know, at, at that moment in time as a little kid, Destroyer was just like, you know, God of Thunder kind of scared me at the beginning, but – it was just something so heavy and evil about it that just really, you know, uh, that I really loved so much. But that, that whole album, you know, Destroyer is yeah. so great. But uh, but for me, it was mainly, you know, uh, it was a lot of Van Halen. Um, you know, of course, Ozzy, you know, you know who, who doesn't love Randy Rhodes. You know, it's all the all the guys you would think, Randy Rhodes, Eddie Van Halen. You know, for me, it was uh, later on, it was Nuno Betancourt. Yeah, uh, you know Warren Demartini, those those kind of style of players. Yeah, Warren's so good. Uh, I, I remember when I was young and I'd read interviews and they said Warren didn't even know how to play rhythm when he joined Rat. He was just all over the deck. I don't believe that because he's such a good 
player all around, you know. Yeah, to me, he's a little like Eddie in that you know he, his 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 rhythm playing is like it's so underrated. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I have, I have a hard time believing that as well. But yeah, man, Demartini, that that little yeah. that vibrato that goes you know straight up and down yeah. like that, love it. Love Jake it so was always my guy. Jakey oh, Lee. love me some Jake. Man. You know, yeah, and then you know, after he did Badlands, and then he kind of disappeared for years. He did Wicked Alliance, but that wasn't anything. But when he came back Red with Cartel. Red Cartel, yeah. uh, I, I to me it was a big deal. And he they were they booked to play Trees, and I bought tickets. Yeah, I was there. You know immediately, and I got there early. Uh, and as I was walking up, he was coming off his van, mm-hmm. and I I stopped him. He signed my ticket, and I took a did picture really? with him. That's then awesome, everybody man. ran over to him, so the line just went away, and I got up up front. And I stood in front of the stage for four shitty local bands to watch Jakey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, you know, um, I didn't think, somebody had told me that they weren't uh, going to do any, any Aussie stuff or any of that yeah. stuff. But, you know, they bust out with Bark at the Moon and, and uh, you know, it was just crazy Ultimate seeing sin. Jake, you know, watching, you know, seeing him play that yeah. at, at Trees, you know, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, I have a, uh, I have his Charvel signature Charvel. The black and white one? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I want that so bad, yeah. dude. Yeah. Um, what was, how old were you when you first started your first band? Oh, gosh. It was a band called Nuisance. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just, you know, in high school, I, I, I moved from that little town in Charlie uh, to Wichita Falls. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, the, you know, I, went, I, I was terrible in high school. I went to all three high schools in, in Wichita Falls. And anyways, I started out at a, a place called Hershey. Uh, and the first day I was there, I went out to the smoking pit. I didn't know anybody. I'm this little kid who doesn't know shit about shit. Never met anybody outside of my little, you know, small town. And, uh, and I was just standing there looking, probably looking like a weirdo. And here comes this guy, Donnie Johnson. I don't even know whatever happened to him. I should probably reach out. He came over and just immediately just made friends with me. Hey man, you look like a rocker. And we started talking music Like you play guitar. Yeah. He goes, well, I got some guys that, uh, you know, need a guitar player. You want to come audition? Yeah, sure. So I go audition like, you know, probably that week and uh, I do Alone Again uh, and, and you know, they tripped out. Oh, my God, he can play the solo to Alone Again. And it turns out the singer in that band, uh, a friend of mine named Tim Howard, best friends to this day. We talk pretty much every day. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, it changed my life, you know, yeah. the course of my life. And, and uh, so I'm really grateful to him for that. But, uh, but, yeah, it was a band called Nuisance. And, we you know, we did really well back then. We were just playing metallica covers and you know everything from metallica to poison to white snake to whatever i know right yeah you know what's funny one thing never changes man uh like you just said like i told you earlier when you see somebody that kind of looks like you you go oh i bet they're a metalhead or i bet they're a goth or i bet they're and that goes on to this day man kids that age range are attracted you know they know and and i've i i've always loved that you know, when well, you it probably could, helped that I was wearing a, you know, I'm sure some kind of black concert <laughs> right. shirt. You know, so. <laughs> the 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 uh, the black T-shirt. Right, right. I don't think I own a shirt that's not black. <laughs> um, man, so you joined Jester. You 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 you're playing the Dallas scene. Uh, do you guys ever have any like label interest? You know, I, I don't know. I think uh, our singer and, and Dee, the other guitar player, and we had this uh, uh, manager. His name was <laughs> his name was Conrad Chase, but uh, they, everybody called him Conman Chase. But uh, they, they kind of handled everything. And yeah. I, I was just kind of in the background, just getting as drunk as I could and having yeah. as much fun as I could back then. So uh, I think they probably talked to, to some people. And 
And right about the time at the toward the end of my uh, stint with them, we started kind of going into that, uh, um, you know, rap rock kind of, you know, Faith No More just come yeah, out. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we were kind of doing that thing. And that's that's a little bit of the reason why I just didn't want to kind of do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I, I don't think it was anything too serious if anything did come along, you know, yeah. as far as label interest. But uh, we were just having fun and, you know, traveling in a van. But, you know, there's, I think, eight of us stinking in a van and uh, staying at these at the shittiest hotels imaginable, you know, the, the cockroach hotels. And, um, you know, just have, and I didn't give a shit back then. As long as I had my beer and my weed and, you know, whatever <laughs> else, you know, I was fine. Yeah, right. Um, I reached out to you uh, be- because you're in Back in Black, mm-hmm. and you guys are the, I, th- I guess, like the the ACDC tribute band, right? I would think so, yeah, for sure, um, you know. What makes a good tribute band? You know, I think uh, just being, uh, well, that's good for the podcast. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're outside. Hey, shut up. Um, no, you know, I think just uh, just being authentic to the band, you know, the, just ha- having having the look and the sound and the, mm-hmm. the, the gear, um, you know, it, it helps when you have a secret weapon like Darren Caperna, our singer, you know, he, uh, uh, as I'm sure we'll get into, you know, auditioned for, for the real ACDC when yeah. Brian Johnson lost his hearing and, um, you know, uh, just, just the, you, know, you got to have the look and the sound, the, you know, the gear has to be there, Um and you know, gotta sound good. Gotta have yeah. good musicians. Were you an ACDC fan? Oh, yeah. I mean, who's not? Yeah. But were you like? Yeah, you I know. was. I was. You know, ACDC for me. You know, when I was growing up, was right up there with Van Halen. And, yeah. And, you know those guys, and uh, Angus was always one of my absolute heroes. Yeah. Uh, so, and you know what's funny is I never really appreciated Malcolm until I joined the band. Uh, and then, and then I started finding out that he actually wrote a lot of the hits and, yeah. and, uh, you know, I didn't know he was such an integral part of, of uh, ACDC, but, uh, you know, some of those rhythm parts are no joke. You know, yeah. you, you think you just go in there and like, Oh, you're just playing rhythm guitar, but there's a lot more to it when you really get into the uh, ins and outs of it. And it says a lot about Malcolm to be able to write those riffs, to play those riffs and just take that step back yeah. and let his brother, you know, be the show. So and I think, speak. I think I'm perfect for that, for that role because I want no part of the spotlight <laughs> at all that's why it's weird for me doing the van halen tribute because you know you got to go out there you got to i'm not used to smiling on stage and I, you got to smile you're your fucking eddie yeah and um, jumping you know, around yeah and- jumping around and going up to the front of the stage and interacting with the, you know that's really really unnatural for me so uh but i'm getting better better and better each show at it yeah. but man that is it's so weird for me because i like to stay in the back i don't like the spotlight i'm freaked out by people have you always been like that no, I, th- I think that it's something that just uh, happened. You know what I think happened is I, I used to use alcohol as a uh, social lubricant, you know, and and uh, I, I let's just say I, uh, alcohol wasn't good for me. Uh, I, everything I've, I think, like most people though, everything I've ever done that I've regretted has been because you know I was drinking alcohol. Uh, so oh, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, uh, I stopped drinking, and that's kind of when it when it started, you know, uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, so I'm to the point now where uh, doing this is a very brave thing for me, man. I like talking you know, to, in these mics, t- talking <laughs> into the mics, and, and uh, um, you know, just getting like you know, we do a lot of, which is weird for me too. We do a lot of like meet and greets, and people people come to our merch, the merch booth, you know, with, after back and black shows, and you know, they're really wanting pictures and autographs, which is cool. I, you know, I just it's because I'm I think it's partly because I just feel like I'm not worthy. I've never had a lot of confidence uh, in anything I've ever done. Yeah. 
uh, you know, whether it's playing guitar or, you know, and very self-deprecating. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and I'm working on that because I know it's not good. I know you yeah. shouldn't shouldn't do that. You shouldn't think that way, but it's 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 just the way I'm, I'm wired. Yeah. So when these people are wanting their pictures, you know, and, and autographs from me, I, you know, I just want to tell them like, hey, look, you know, I, I work for I work for a bank. You know, <laughs> like I just want to tell them that. But uh, but but what's been happening lately is I, the, the social anxiety has gotten so bad. And hopefully some uh, fans who are back in black are you know listening to this, so they, they don't think I'm just some dickhead. Uh, <laughs> my you know my social anxiety gets so bad that once we you know, we'll have a big show and there's a bunch of people going to the merch booth, um, and, you know which is almost every show. And uh, sometimes I just have to stay in the green room. I, I can't yeah. I can't come out and and it's not because I'm some like oh I'm too fucking yeah good. you know yeah. I'm just like I'm just terrified. I just ha- I've just had this this weird sense of dread overcomes me. I'm not even sure what it is. Yeah. You know, I, I've, done, I've been in therapy a lot and, yeah. you know, try to figure some things out, but, uh, um, man, it's just, it's, sometimes it's just hard for me. And sometimes I just can't do it. I well, you said something earlier, like you beat, you beat yourself down, you know, but I, I, I guess there's a difference between beating yourself down and being hard on yourself. If you're hard on yourself, you can get better. You know, you can, beat through that but so you're more of like you kind of beat yourself up or absolutely um i mean and it's and it's in almost every aspect of life whether it's my you know my my nine to five or or whether i'm i'm playing or you know after the first uh van halen thing you know it was was a success by by all accounts you know there's i don't know there's 800 people out there at lava cantina and everybody's going nuts and we had a great show and then my wife comes uh, on stage to, you know, to congratulate me, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm wrapping up my all my cables and getting ready for, to do the back of black show because they're next. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm never fucking doing this again. This is it. This is the last show. And I'm just like, you know, oh, yeah. and, and you know, but and meanwhile, there's everybody screaming for us and going crazy, and we, you know, um, I know that feeling, man. I do sometimes. Uh, well, not not as much anymore. I, I kind of, when I say, you know, you can be hard on yourself or you can beat yourself up, I. I always felt I was in a there was a time in my life where I felt like I had to take every gig that was offered to me and I'd be excited but then I'd get there and I'd be mad at myself like you don't need to be here like you're not good enough they're going to fucking fire you mm-hmm. they're going to find out you're a fr- it's that imposter syndrome you sound like me you know and no that's why dude when you start when you told me in your text I was like oh this is going to be fun <laughs> <laughs> you know but no I get it so it, and, but I've had to work on myself and and it it's helped a little bit but I still you know you I, I heard a long time ago, like is the, some of the best advice that was ever given to me is, you know, I, I wake up and I literally tell myself every day, you're good enough. That's how I start my day. I should probably, you know, that, that, uh, uh, what is that? The af- uh, affirmation. Yeah. So, yeah. I should probably do that. And I actually do like, you know, Stuart Smalley did, you know, in, in this, on SNL. People like, like it. Yeah. People like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I really should do that. I mean, uh, you know, like even when I, when I was told about the audition for Back in Black, when my good friend um, uh, Scott uh, LePage, mm-hmm. whose son is in Polyphia, by the way, I don't know if you know Polyphia. Dude, I, I watched your documentary last night, mm-hmm. and then they and Mike, your Angus, is that mm-hmm. isn't Mike? Yeah, Mike, who's who's funny because his favorite band is Cheap Trick. Yeah, <laughs> but he said, you know, his uh, his son is in a really cool band called Polyphia, and I was like, Polyphia. It's the band that did the tune with Steve Vai. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, real quick, uh, hopefully I don't get too sidetracked, but you said, you know, you mentioned Cheap Trick as one of the coolest moments uh, in, in my, you know, seven or eight years with Back in Black was we opened up for uh, Cheap Trick, you know, 10,000 people out there. And first of all, we did really well opening for them. And then afterward, we're sitting wa- watching on side stage and uh, they're about to go into surrender. 
Rick Nielsen is yeah, like, I saw the footage waving of him over, telling, yeah, telling And you. so we sang the entire song, you know, in front of 10,000 people, surrender for God's sake. So it's one of the absolute coolest moments yeah. and with this. There's been a lot of cool moments. That was, that was definitely way up there. Uh, but as far as the, uh, social anxiety and the nervousness and not being, not feeling good enough when they, when Scott was telling me about the, uh, the audition, I, I went to their, uh, website back in black's website. And, you know, of course they're going to show all the biggest, you know, the HOV yeah. crowds and the, you know, all the big, and I'm like, Nope, not doing that. You know? And I told my wife, she's like, what are you talking about? So I mean, look, why, why, why would they want me? I'm not going to, you know, I have short hair and I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough to. And uh, if it wasn't because of my wife, it's it's the documentary too. Yeah. Uh, wasn't my I would have never in a million years uh, tried out for Back in Black. Not in a million years. Really. She kind of forced me into it, and it's it. I I'm surprised hearing that because, like I said, man, I, I've always been a fan of yours. You know, we didn't know each other, uh, just really through social media, that meeting and seeing you, and I. Like, I, I remember the cats that I looked up to when I was younger watching them play. You were one of them, you know? It, you know That's it, crazy. It, it's, it's, it's one of, it's, it, it, it amazes me that, as I know how I, my plan's nowhere near as good as yours. But I, so when I go, like, oh, I'm going to suck. They're not going to want to hear me. So to hear somebody that, of your talent say that, it, that doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. Yeah, oh, Everything, even this, man. Every Friday, I, you know, my partner, Lisa, she pre preps all the social media and puts it out. And every Friday, when I see that Facebook post, she, I cringe because I'm like, ah, they're fucking. It's like that Adam Sandler. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going <laughs> to laugh at you. And I'm sure some people are. There's haters out there. We got, we got one bad review. But uh, <laughs> that's not, it's not bothering me. <laughs> Bernie, but, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> You're so good at this. Like I was telling you before the podcast started. You first of all, you got that golden voice. Man. Oh, man. It sounds so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious, but you know how you know how I know you're fucking good. Besides just listening to all your podcasts, is it here? I am nervous as fuck. I almost didn't. I'm like trying to find reasons not to come out here because I'm so nervous. Oh. And you have just put me completely at ease. I'm sitting here talking, you know, like with no problem. And it's it's because of you and how you're, you know, doing. Not, I don't even feel like it's any kind of interview. We're just sitting here bullshitting. Yeah. Uh, so it just goes to show how good you are at it. If you can oh, put man. me at ease, then, you know, you're one of the best, man. No. Seriously. Well, thank you, man. That, that means a lot. It does mean a lot coming from you because our text exchange last night. I, I kept, I was uh, just thinking about it a lot. And I thought, well, do I ask him to talk about that? or? But then you just, you, you brought it up yourself, which, you know. Yeah, I, you know, and and just a real quick funny story. We have, I don't know how much yeah, we, time we no, have. Yeah, no, no, no. So, uh, you know, just kind of a funny story about the social anxiety and freaking out thing. Uh, first of all, another podcast you guys should listen to uh, was with Aiden Mullen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's Rick Savage's Yeah, yeah, tag. yeah, Aiden. Uh, and uh, you guys were talking about how good of friends uh, your guy, uh, John Taylor and Duran Duran are yeah. with Def Leppard and what a great tour that would be. And Yes, that would be an incredible tour. But just have a real quick story about, the, about Def Leppard. So I, I'm excited about seeing this Def Leppard show at American Airlines Center. And they're with Journey. And uh, I'm excited about seeing them both. Def Leppard, I mean, come on, man. You know, that's, right. For me, on through the night, high and dry, I mean, it doesn't get any better. And uh, so I'm dying to see these guys. It's been a long time since I've seen them. It's been a long time since I've seen Journey. Uh, so I get my ticket, buy my ticket. My wife doesn't really like to go. She has some social anxiety, too. Uh, but, uh, so Did I you guys the, meet at a meeting. 
<laughs> no, we actually met when we were both wild and drunk 13 years ago. Okay. But uh, so we've both since stopped drinking. Right. But uh, anyway, so I go to this concert. And I'm so excited, dude. So I get there and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in the middle of the road. So I'm like, okay, I'll be okay. I'll be all right. So I get there and I sit down and Def Leppard's playing first. I'm like, all right, you know, and I can't enjoy it. First song starts. I'm like, ah, I'm freaking out, you know, and I'll be okay. So second song starts. Okay, I got to get up. And so I'm, like, I'm just going to go to the merch booth, you know, out in the, I guess the concourse areas. Up the yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going to go out there and breathe and just settle myself down. Uh-huh. Go back in and enjoy the show. So I get up out of my seat and I go to the merch booth and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, you're just going to breathe and you're going to get it together, man. And you're going to go enjoy this. Meanwhile, my feet are doing this. My feet are keeping on going. Next thing you know, I'm out the door and I swear to God, it's like my, my, my mind and my feet are like, well, hey, what the fuck's Let's going get on out here? Of here. And, and I'm not kidding you. Before I even knew what was happening, I was, my feet, I was running to my car. <laughs> I ran to my car and then I'm driving home and I, I called Melissa, my wife, and I was like, well, I'm on my way home. She thought I was kidding. It's like, no, I told her I just freaked out. I just Dude, couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, you don't have to explain. I don't like people touching me. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very, you and I are in the same industry where people are always around. Right. So when I, I don't like going to bars i don't like i don't like going where anyone and i don't like to be noticed like i don't like people going oh it's a nice shirt then i go oh god you know <laughs> we're me. like the same person it's so weird <laughs> you know um it's 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 a problem sometimes it, it's almost like uh and i'm in the wrong industry because if i have to go back and talk to my guy and there's a bunch of people back there like you're like you know, and and you're doing this, you're kind of squirming through, and mm. if somebody touches you, you're like, oh, I got to go wash my hands. And it's just weird, man. So, I mean, to hear that, you know, that you do it, and I know there's other people that go through that. And it's it's people who don't who don't have anxiety, who don't suffer these uh, conditions. Mm. It's very frustrating for them to be around you. Yeah, so you know, some, luckily the you know the guys in my band are you know the, all of them both bands, uh, well, in the Van Halen band, it's two of the same guys. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I'm they're they're such lovely people, and they, they're you know, uh, at, at first I was like you know they they probably think I'm just you know this isn't a real thing or but they they they're so supportive and they yeah. understand and. Uh, you know, Mike, if it's a real... I was going to say, your guy Mike seems like the nicest person. Dude, he's so cool. And, <laughs> and you know, if it's like a really big uh, show and there's like a huge line of people, yeah. uh, he, he'll ask me like, hey, man, if you're, you know, if you're feeling up to it, you know, can you come out to the merch booth? And, you know, if I can't, he completely understands. Yeah. But uh, sometimes if he asks me out, you know, usually I just try and suck it up yeah. and, and go do That was it. my next question is being in a band like Back in Black, which you guys are huge, man. You know, you're everywhere. People yeah, know who crazy, you are. Dude. Um, is it kind of is it expected of you to interact with the fans or is is it kind of like you you answered my question yeah I don't know that it's expected you know uh, I should I should do yeah. it um, you know the, these uh, the back and back black fans are they're hardcore man they're they uh, they love their ACDC they love their back and black yeah they love the guys in the band and and uh, you know uh it's something I wish I could do every time. I, I, ju- I just can't do it. Um, and, you know, it's just a weird, weird uh, job to be doing with, with, the, with the social anxi- anxiety I have. But, you know, I think you and I are a good uh, example of, 
you know, you can still go out and do this kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to it, it. it. It, you know, I've done a lot of work. The, the, the pandemic really, uh, really brought it out in me. Like I knew that I was I've always known that that just all this dark thoughts coming at you, you know, you, you can't do what you love to do. And so I had to kind of work on myself, you know, I had to see, you know, I had to start seeing a therapist and talk about it and talk about things that bother me. And so my, I've always been a very cut and dry. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't, I don't do any of that. Uh, but I've always been like, it's a mind over matter thing. Mm -hmm. Ever since I was a kid, I grew up in a family of alcoholics, addicts. Mm -hmm. So I know it's in me. But my way of rebelling was not to do this shit. Nice, man. You know? That's good. So it's, it was always to me, a, did I want to do it? Hell yeah. I wanted to go get drunk at the parties and hit on the girls or, you know, drive my car fast or have a record. <laughs> Coming from Gorskana, that's like a badge of honor to have a police record yeah, at 17. Yeah. You know, but I didn't. I didn't. For, for reasons, like I said, it was my way of rebelling. But, uh, but I, you know, I appreciate you doing this. Because, yeah, of course. Like man. I said, when when you told me, I thought, man, you know what? I had it. I had a feeling all day because I had two other uh, interviews today, and they both rescheduled. And I thought, oh, he's gonna cancel on me. Like I can tell from that text, he's he's trying to let me down easy. But I thought once I got here, because I'm in Denton, I'm back in my where I used to live. You know, I moved away a year ago. I live in New Jersey now. Um, and I thought maybe he's going to be like, well, he drove all the way here. I got to do it. Well, I can't say that I wasn't kind of hoping that you would cancel it. <laughs> no, man. You know, <laughs> only because of, you know, I was just so nervous. I was just dying. I was like, you know, I, I get so nervous. I have this shit is so bad. I went to, uh, you know, Nick, first of all, Back in Black never practices. We've I, I've been with them seven or eight years. I can't remember seven or eight years. We've never rehearsed one yeah. time because, you know, we play so much, we play 100 shows a year just about. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mean Street, we barely, the, my Van Halen tribute, we, we, you know, very rarely practice either. We'll try to get one practice in before a show. Um, and two of the guys, the bass player, Steven, and our drummer, uh, Paul, they're, I'm in Back in Black with them. The only different member is a guy named Jet Tessman. He's uh -huh. our David Lee Roth, outstanding David Lee Roth, by the way. And uh, they're all so amazing. But I know these guys really well, so we're going to we're going to work up some new songs for the for the last show we played at Tannehills, and I'm driving. I, I'm like, first of all, I'm loading up my car, and I'm just getting this real bad nervous stomach, and then I'm driving there, and I'm I sort of got I, I thought I was gonna have to pull over and throw up. I was so nervous and freaked out, like I felt like I was going to audition, you know, with some guys I don't even know, and that's how bad it is. This like is I, on the way to a show with your friends. On the way to rehearsal. Oh, rehearsal. Yeah, mm -hmm. with 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 for the Van Halen tribute, yeah. uh, and I, it just hit me so hard. I, I thought I was going to throw up, and mm. I know these guys really well. You know, it's just uh, it's to someone who doesn't go through that those motions, they 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 don't understand. What I was saying is, I've always I go back to what I was saying. I remember it's it's always been mind over matter, and that's how I continue to progress. And I'm doing it by little bit by little bit by little bit, but it's hard, man. Yeah, for sure, it's hard, yeah. especially you know, like I say, you know, you hang out with your friends, and it's it's funny. It's a joke in 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 the camp. It's a joke amongst my closest friends. When I leave the room, I go, uh, "You go, wait till I leave before you talk about me." Or if I'm walking in, I was like, "You guys can quit talking about me," and they all laugh. But I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, they were talking about me. 
you you want to hear something <laughs> that's very similar to that? Yeah. I, I'm sitting, so I'm talking to my wife, you know, and, we're, and, and I'm showing her like, what? Why the fuck does he? You know, I'm like looking at your other podcast, and you have, you know, fucking guy, you know, Vaden Todd Lewis and and uh, Neil Swanson and uh, Jason McMaster, who's my man, by the way. Oh. I love me some Jason. I have a cool Jason McMaster story too, uh, but. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking, well, what the fuck does he want me for? What you know? <laughs> I even told you I was like, well, why would you? I don't understand what. Why me? I, I don't get it. Yeah. And and it my the way my mind works, I actually went to, you know, I wonder if he's like, does he is he going to try to embarrass me somehow, or is this or is this like a is this like some kind of weird setup? It's just the oh, way dude, I get it's it. Just man. Where my mind goes to. I man. get it. I, it's I get it. I've been with. I've been with this organization for 12 years, and at the beginning of every show, I tell my drum tech, who's my best friend on the tour, I go, dude, I'm going to get fired tonight. Like, you know. After 12 fucking years. Dude, and, 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 and he's like, he'll, he, he'll laugh at me, but we have this talk back mic, you know, that goes to all of our ears. And before the show, you know, everybody's like, everybody have a good show. And I'm like, don't fuck up. <laughs> hey, by the way, congratulations. What a hell of a gig for that long dude that's amazing dude. yeah that, that's... it's it was man it's it's been good I, I i've been and i've done some cool stuff and i've been offered cool stuff but you know people get sick of hearing me say this you stick with the devil you know you know and and working for john he's he's probably one of the kindest humans i've ever met and he takes care of me and and i take care of him and you know we're everybody's like you guys are really good friends and i don't like to say that but i think we are friends but you know, I, I feel like you treat uh, musicians like wild animals. You know, you can't get too close. But like I said, I've worked for some. You know, I worked for Jason Isbell, who to me oh, is God, is the, uh, if if not, in my opinion, the greatest songwriter of our generation. People will argue with me. He was the nicest guy. His crew is like a family, and uh, you know. But I left. <laughs> That's, That's the only gig I've ever considered leaving Duran for. You Jason Isbell, dude. Southeastern. Oh, my God. And, and I would only put him second to, uh, I don't know if you listen to Elliot Smith, but I, for me, oh, well, yeah. Elliot Smith is at the top. Nobody can touch Elliot. You know, other than, you know, not talking Paul McCartney and Beatles. Yeah. That they're, they're on their own yeah, yeah. You know, planet. But for me, it's Elliot Smith and then Jason Isbell. Those are, the, to me, the two top uh, songwriters yeah. in my generation, my, in my lifetime. Now I'm, I'm like Tom Petty. Jason Isbell, those are my guys. Yeah, and then you know, but I love you know a good songwriter is a good songwriter. But I feel like Jason doesn't waste any lyrics. <sighs> Guys, so good. Yeah. And just a real quick callback to uh, another podcast. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> hey man, it's just, you know what? Lisa's gonna be so ecstatic because she's like, these motherfuckers like it, but they don't listen. <laughs> oh my god! I was listening to the to the John Taylor, uh, which to me it's just still like, really John Taylor? Because back in the obscene jester days, our bass player. He was obsessed with John Taylor. He even had the that that hairstyle uh-huh. that, you know, that he had back then. He our guy had that too, you know, in a metal band, but he looked like John Taylor yeah. and he he liked to, you know, play like John Taylor. Anyways, so I was listening to that podcast and uh, he just seems like the freaking sweetest guy. Yeah. You know, and then it was just it was just such a amazing uh, episode. Man. Thank you, man. Go you listen know, to that episode, John Taylor's. Really uh, it's funny because I when I started this, I go, Hey, you're gonna do my po- Dude, I didn't know what I was doing, and of course, I, you know, I'm, I work for, you know, 
what is it, the six times world sexiest man, 100 million? <laughs> of course I'm going to ask him to do this show. Right. And I said, hey, you should do it. And this, I think we were in episode eight. He goes, let's get a few episodes in your belt and we'll do it. <laughs> and when we went out to do the Hall of Fame stuff, I go, hey, man, you going to do this? I was like, I'm not going to ask you anymore. <laughs> and he goes, I've been waiting for you to ask me. Were you at so, the uh, ceremony, the Hall of Fame Yeah, we ceremony? got to do that. That was really oh, cool. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was Oh, so you, I guess you were teching while they were yeah. playing. It was an honor to do that, man. Dude, so good. Bernie, that's amazing. Man. Yeah. Wow. People people have their feelings about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but until you've done that, you know, like I feel like other people should be in, but it was it was it was to me it was an honor to be there. And, I can't and, believe I haven't seen. I need to watch that. Yeah. Um, was that HBO Max? Is that what HBO that's Max? On? Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I should. Don't sue us, HBO. We're promoting you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, it was great, man. And, and working for those guys, like they are icons, man. Think what you will about. It. I, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a fan when I was younger, but hey, we're just all over the place, aren't we? <laughs> but you know, working for them, like, I think it's I, my fault. No, 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 it's okay, man. Like they're great guys. They're, it's a great organization to work for, and I've met some amazing people through them. You know, you know, it's yeah. the people that that are. You know, I have my friends that I grew up with. My my friends at Denton is really my hometown. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Corsicana, but I moved here very early. So a lot of my lifetime friends are here in Denton. And then there's my road people, you know. And those are the people that I spend more time than I do my own yeah. family. Yeah. That's my family. So. And I met them all through Duran Duran. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. The documentary. You guys put out a documentary, My Stupid Tribute Band. My Stupid Tribute Band. It comes out. Uh, it's actually. Uh, Did uh, it just get added to Amazon last night? Or well, yesterday? yeah. T- tonight was supposed to be the the uh, you know when it premiered on, uh-huh. on Amazon Prime, but it was on there last night. I'm not you sure. You know how what? That works, I, I started watching it after midnight. You and I were texting, yeah, and yeah. I was like, because I went to your website. I wanted to watch it before I talked to you, and then uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. And then it was available, mm-hmm. you know. I couldn't sleep. It was. Really, I think I started watching it about twelve thirty. Yeah, watch the whole thing. It's pretty good. It's an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Darren, golly, he's a, <laughs> you know, he's just such a uh, such a character and and so good at you know at his craft and what he does. I, I I've been in the band. You know, I've played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows with him. We do approximately hundred shows a year. Been with the band seven or eight years, and I still find myself stage right by my amp sometimes just being a fan watching him do his thing you know especially when he comes out as bond it's like you know to me it's still just amazing exactly i'm I'm in awe of the guy i've seen you guys a few times uh i saw i don't know if you were in the band when i saw you guys out you got they opened for kansas i was not in the band okay but they the crowd had a better reaction to back in black than they did you know fucking kansas yeah it happens sometimes and uh he, you know, he does the first shit. You know, he does both Brian and Bond. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone do Bond that like. Yeah, it's. it's I, I understand why they reached out. My friend Greg Howard was uh, Stevie's tech. Yeah, I listened gig. to that episode too. Yeah, so he was Stevie's tech <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. when Darren uh, auditioned for ACDC and Trace, who was Malcolm mm-hmm. or Angus's tech, is a friend of mine too. And they told me all. They're like, yeah, that guy came in and fucking killed it. Yeah. <laughs> but they said, ultimately, the only reason he didn't get the gig was they needed somebody to control yeah, you, Those stadium. European crowds at yeah. right, the stadiums. Yeah. And, and, but, but it's it's uh, it's crazy, man. Like, the 
because it is a tribute band and, and i've noticed the tribute scene like become a thing from cover bands and then there's a difference between tribute bands and cover bands yeah of course but you guys kind of i want to say they led the way around here absolutely i mean that's you know you're talking 20 plus years now yeah uh, there's that there's a whole thing about whether this band's been 20 years or 21 years darren and darren and mike are always fighting about that but uh you know 20 20 plus years and you know and they and they're still on top of the tribute scene around yeah. here and there's a lot of great tribute acts I, you know i've made some great friends and you know in the, in the tribute scene around dfw and around the country yeah. really and uh but you know back in black is just you know they're they're the leaders you know and yeah. they, they always have been uh you know i remember remember before i joined them you know when i was out in my party days i'd go fucking back in black you know i'd go party and like oh my god they sound just like acdc yeah. and uh so that you know they've always been on top and we're still you know it's like Sometimes, you know, like we play Tannehill's, it's, you know, the, the new venue over in Fort Worth in the stockyards holds about a thousand people. And, and, you know, and it's just part of the way I think, uh, like, you know, is this the night where nobody comes out and, you know, like surely at some point yeah. and, you know, we Why get there, here? we get there and it's just, I, I, I don't know if it was a sellout or not. It looked like a sellout to me. It yeah. looked like, look easily like a thousand people. And, you know, it was completely packed all the way front. You know, I showed you that picture and, uh, you know, it just, there's just no decline it's just it just we just seem to be rising all the time you know mm -hmm. like uh whether it's playing in front of huge crowds or playing these cool gigs you know we played in hollywood you know you know at the dolby theater uh you know when our, our our documentary was played at the uh the uh, chinese theater there yeah and, yeah yeah uh you know that was a trip and you, you know, guys played at the dolby right next played at the door. dolby right where they you know those stairs were the oscars or, yeah we did uh, uh we went to a movie premiere there for Duran Duran, and I, I thought it was the Man's Chinese Theater, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's the Romans. Romans, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, getting to do things like that, it's just, uh, it's really crazy. You know, like, uh, we, we, we played the uh, Sturgis uh, bike rally uh -huh. in North Dakota last year, and we were the first uh, tribute band to play the main Buffalo Chip stage. And it was such a success that, uh, you know, there's talk about uh, – um, doing a tribute night there, mm -hmm. and they, in, in fact, Mike just book, Mike just texted me uh, yesterday saying we're you know we're confirmed playing there in you know August of this year yeah. on the Buffalo Chip stage. So, so coming the, the movie, I remember when you guys went out to L.A. for the premiere mm -hmm. of the movie, and, and you did that. How how did um going into that were you kind of like oh there's going to be a tension, you know? Oh yeah, I, I asked Mike to get a sub. Did you? Yeah. Because you didn't want any part of that. I didn't want any part of it. There's, you know, there's, oh, it's a movie premiere with the red carpet. Oh yeah, that, that's that's right down my exactly. alley. Right? Yeah, no, it's flashing I, lights. I, I told I told Mike, you know, I text him. I was like, hey man, uh, is there any way you can just get a sub for this? And you know, and he's like, dude, you know, come on. So how you know, is he? Like I, dealing with Darren in the, from the documentary, he dealt with a lot. How is Mike? Does he know how to like uh, de-escalate situations? I don't know. That that's a hard, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> because I, just the, just the issues he had with Darren mm -hmm. in putting this band together, uh, he keeps it all together. Let's say that you know we he, he uh, you know he handles um, he handles everything as far as um, you know making sure we get we get fed. Well, they get fed. I don't. Uh, I haven't eaten meat or dairy in ten plus years. But okay. uh, uh, so you make sure the venue feeds them and you know gets uh, has everything we need. Uh, you know the right equipment. You know if we're, if we're get, getting backlined, and um, but uh, 
you know, it, it's there's really nothing to handle for him because it, it's this band is such a drama free. Uh, everybody's where they should be when they should be there, and everybody gets along. There's never ever any kind of tension or anybody mad at each other. It's nothing ever but laughs. It, it, the, the biggest problem is just my, my cheeks hurting from, from <laughs> fucking laughing so hard all the time. And especially Darren, you know, he's just such a character and, uh, you know, he has this all in fucking stitches all the time. And, uh, so there's really nothing for, for Mike to really handle yeah. you know, to be a father figure about. But when situations, just, like you said, like you ask him, Hey, can you get a sub? Is he pretty good about talking you into it? Well, it's not that he's talking me into it. I, th- I think it's more just, uh, you know, uh, he, I, <laughs> I think, I think that, that time he was just like, look, man, I can't get a sub. I, there's, there's nobody yeah. available. Um, so, uh, you know, and then, and then I have my, you know, people like, I've, I'm lucky enough to have wonderful people in my life, like my, my wife, you know, mm-hmm. who, who, my wife and my sister-in-law who both pretty much saved my life, uh, you know, a few years ago when I was really just spiraling out of control and, uh, you know, with an alcohol and, and just, you know, with my head and they, you know, they had me go get help. And, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't because of them, I would, 100% people say this, but there's no question I would be dead or, you know, in prison. No question. Prison probably for killing a family of five in a drunk driving accident or some bullshit, mm. you know. Uh, so luckily they saved me and pulled me out of that. And, uh, you know, I didn't even want to live back then. It was like, you know, suicidal thoughts and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, but now I'm happy to be alive. I love life. Happy I love my friends. I love... Uh, you know, love playing so much. You know, it's all the other stuff. I don't. You know, the people and the getting there. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, but once, once I'm on stage, everything's mm. fucking great, and uh, you know, life couldn't be better right now. Right on, man. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah, good to sure. hear. <laughs> so, what are the plans for uh, Mean Streets? Uh, mean Street. Um, you know, just it, it's it's kind of tough because Back in Black plays so much, and really yeah. the o- only opportunities we've gotten is opening for back in black, (laughs) which, you know, it's, uh, it's good because we're, you know, we just have this built in huge crowds we're playing, you know, our first show was at lava cantina in front of, you know, hundreds of people. And, you know, just like the show Friday night at at the Tannehills, you know, we're, we're playing in front of eight, 900 people probably, you know, we're, it was like our fourth show. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, but the plan is just play as much as we can, yeah. uh, maybe fill in some, some dates where back in black isn't playing, which is very yeah. rare, but you know, even if we could find, you know, shows during the week to play and just play as much as we can get as good as we can. Yeah. yeah. So you got the approval of two of the members because they're in mean street. Mm-hmm. Are the other guys cool with you having this other band? Oh yeah. I mean, if it wasn't because of Mike, we wouldn't even be happy. He, he's the one who books us. Uh, oh, okay. You know, okay. Op- opening for back in black. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, you know, he's got us some, some cool shows lined up this year. We're playing in, uh, you know, some cool venue in North Carolina coming up. And uh, so he's, he, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this without the support of, of Mike. He's really, really helped us out. I, I, you know, I tell him all the time how super appreciative I am that he, that he helps us out. Because we could never do it. It would never get off the ground without Mike's help. Right on, man. Yeah. Right on. Well, cool, dude. I appreciate you doing this, man. Uh, of course, Thank you. man. It was it was painless and uh you know as always i'm just dreading and and just so scared and nervous for absolutely nothing you know and it's like <laughs> is it uh tom petty said most of the things i worry about never happen anyway that's story of my life right for sure i mean yeah. it's true it's 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 
good words to live by. They just happen to be done by, written by the greatest songwriter ever. <laughs> uh, if you've listened, you know I'm going to ask you, you know, if breakfast was included, what would you have? Uh, I've listened to a podcast or two. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, you know, for me it would be I, I, I have uh, uh, vegan blueberry muffin or blueberry uh, uh, waffles and, uh, with peanut butter and about a cup of walnuts every single morning. I'm a creature of habit. Uh, but if somebody's making it for me, hey, go ahead and give me a uh, you know nice tofu scramble with some uh, <laughs> avocado toast, man. That'd be great. Right on, man. Well, dude, it was good talking to you. It was good spending time with you. Yeah, it was great talking to I you, I know man. we've uh, crossed paths, and like I said, it, it's kind of a creepy story when I tell about the Fast Eddie's thing. But <laughs> like I said, it's something that sticks in my mind. And, you know, I have moments like that throughout my whole life. Anyway. Well, you're great at what you do, man. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks. Thanks. Romero Noriega. Man, R- Romero, I told that story about meeting him several years ago, and it, it after I listened to it, it sounded kind of creepy. But to me, it's not creepy. He's such a good guy, such a genuine person. Check him out, Back in Black. If the, They tour all over the U.S., so if you see him near your place, check him out. They're really good, and probably Mean Street will be with them. Uh, you can find him at Ramiro Noriega on Facebook, or you could check out Back in Black at Back in Black Dallas on Instagram and see when they're coming near you. All right, guys, I'm done. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. 